from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic with a selection of Taiwanese pop music. But up first today, it is a new edition of Here in Taiwan. Well, hi there. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us right now on our Facebook live stream, this is our last show of February. It's now Friday, February 26th. If you're joining us on the Wit Airwaves, well, we made it through another month. It's now March the 1st. <laughs> I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Stash Butler. Hello. And Shirley Lynn. Hello. Up next, we'll be telling you about a judge that was fined for uh, sort of a skipping work to go fish and garden. Then, could the supposedly extinct cloud leopard still be out there somewhere in the wild in Taiwan? We'll be telling you why one man seems to think so. And schools, despite repeated warnings, are largely ignoring the education ministry's ruling that allows kids to wear warm clothing in the classroom. There, we'll be telling you how many schools are still punishing kids for wrapping up nicely. We'll be telling you all that in a moment. Please stick around. In recent years, we've often heard the phrase judicial reform. It's one of the government's prime uh, objectives, the current government anyway. Uh, but I've never really thought of it in this term. <laughs> this judge really does need to be reformed. Yeah, this, this judge does need reform. Uh, this is a story about a judge from Tainan. So that's the, uh, a city on the southwest coast of um, of Taiwan, and a very beautiful city, actually, mm-hmm. um, who was recently fined a year's salary by the judi- judicial uh, sort of Yuan's uh, disciplinary court after he's he was repeatedly absent from work to go fishing and gardening. About how many times did this happen? Did they well, have a so record? They, they, I mean, they, they were, I think they found him, uh, he was absent at least four times. But I feel like this is one of those things where, you know, that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. No one was paying attention. Yeah, in but terms it, of this man's gardening, you know, <laughs> activity. How do you, how do you I, get away with that, though? Because at most employees in Taiwan, and I imagine this is true of judges as well, have to punch in their cards. So yeah. he just punch and then leave? It's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he has someone to punch in for him, you know, another but, a fellow guard. Especially with a judge, though, you have to be in the room to make sure like, Yeah, to, exactly. To I mean, what, he set up like a doll of himself, <laughs> like a mannequin? Like, Maybe it was all on Zoom. I don't know. I mean, like, I guess you think that, like, <laughs> yeah, the judge really is quite essential. He I kind mean, of has to be there. There needs to be someone to shout order yeah. and deliver the I verdict. Mean, but maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we're kind of... Uh, Misinterpreting the activity of judges, you know, maybe judges like do a lot behind the scenes that we're just not paperwork. aware of. Paperwork, administrative. You know, that's things. the thing about being a judge. It's all team building exercises. Paperwork, exactly. He hates paperwork. It's all management. This judge particularly hates paperwork. So yeah, so Zhong Zhonghe, 62 years old, of the Tainan District Court, was told to pay a fine uh, after he was impeached by the Control UN a year ago for being absent from duty during working hours on at least four occasions in 2018 and 2019. Well, that's over a two-year period. That's not like a ton of absences. Yeah, what I mean, he was. Yeah. Okay. He could have just said he was sad. I guess. I guess because he's a judge, you know, it seems like it's it's more important. You feel like. I mean, you know, if someone was like, "Oh, Tsai Ing-wen just you know pulled sicky and was spotted sort of 
you know, waterboarding, not waterboarding. That's, that's, that's not a very that, good that's thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if she was waterboarding, waterboarding <laughs> surfboarding somewhere, yeah. Well, if she was waterboarding, I think there'd be, like be better, she like, has bigger like a, issues. She a security stake. team with her at all times, though. She couldn't get away with that's that. That's true. Yeah, that's but then, true. But then, actually, you know, don't. we've seen during the pandemic and stuff, there's also like kind of lot politicians getting in trouble for kind of breaking pandemic rules and stuff so they're clearly some of them or you know, flying have, to cancun for vacation yeah exactly <clears throat> yeah i mean mm. I, I know that the greece the greeks uh, uh prime minister i think or president uh got in trouble also for kind of some illicit lunch oh somewhere an illicit lunch you're not allowed to have lunch, lunch? well i mean apparently this one this a lunch, lunch is a place that we're supposed to i'm be. not sure what makes an illicit lunch <laughs> but uh in greece at least uh but yeah so maybe it's just a case of you know holding people in high office to higher standards there have also been mm-hmm. judges turning into cats lately that's another judge oh story. yeah that was quite funny there's american <laughs> judge uh Wait, tell me america okay. i think he was, a, he was a lawyer actually he was he they, it was all on zoom and he couldn't figure out how to turn the cat filter on. yeah he was and he <laughs> he couldn't figure out i think his his daughter or someone had been on it before and put this cat filter on so that you appeared like the face of a cat, cat. well this judge just didn't show up at all this judge so. didn't show up so they uh they found that he was uh they kept track of him on in four periods basically and uh, of the 23 days that they tracked him he was absent from work on 15 oh wow so it's more than just four oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, so is it four occasions? Oh, four occasions. So, oh, I mean, actually, you're right. I think that, that is misleading because it's like four. They, they tracked it four different times, but he was probably absent more than times that. during that period. Oh, Unless he wow. was just absent. You know, do you count it as one absence if it's like three days long? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, so I was only once. Yes, for three weeks. Civil you know. servants have great benefits. So yeah. absences. <laughs> well, yeah. So he was, so actually that's quite high. He was absent for 60, like about two thirds of the time he was meant to be working. Uh, oh. That's pretty bad. So apparently on, on March 19th, 2019, uh, he was office, he was in the office for three hours and 20 minutes before he left to go fishing and plant vegetables. Um, is that by his own admission or did they like follow him I think I don't know I mean you think he would have noticed also if they were I mean, or he might you know like oh people are suddenly paying Hidden attention camera <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he filed for four hours of overtime that day um, and, he's, and he Those told the court vegetables aren't going to grow themselves no I know I wonder what he grows <laughs> I wonder down in Tainan I think he probably grow quite a lot but mm-hmm. he told the court that his frequent unauthorized absences were for relaxation I mean come on guys it's a high stakes job <laughs> a man's got to relax yeah, it's under a lot of stress. Yeah, uh, so, so they impeached him in a in a unanimous vote um, last year, but uh, yeah, and it's been handed. And then so this this so is it's now taken a long time to get. It's taken a while, so now, yeah. So it's been a while. Uh, that was in the May last year. So they've got a lot to get through. Apparently, I guess they're probably bigger Backlog. fish to fry than oh, yeah. than this. This That's a good yeah. This How come they didn't think about firing him? Um, he was impeached, which I guess is sort of. Is that well, he's only fined a year's salary. I guess maybe maybe he's been kicked off as well. Well, you said impeached, so that sounds like he's probably not going to be a judge anymore. Maybe, yeah. Okay. It doesn't say anything about that, but yeah, I guess that that does that, that would make sense. You think that once you do that, I don't think that kind of yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I hope that whatever he was growing was very labor intensive. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just you know, what are you doing, Matt? I, I mean, there are there are worse worse ways to relax. Those sound like quite wholesome yeah, activities. That's true. What that's do you true. guys do after you know when you're getting away from RTI? You grow and go and plant vegetables. I have oh, a balcony like, plants. Your balcony oh, plants. I have good. They're doing well. Yeah. Oh. What about you, Shirley? You, you lift things. <sighs> That's Z- not Zumba. that's not de-stressing. Oh, really? But that's highly like, stressful. We don't, we don't take off work to do these things. No, that's true. That's, that's the key element <laughs> right. here, I think. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All right, what are our listeners up to? Yeah, so we've got uh, Nasir Aziz from Pakistan saying hello. Dwi Budi Rahajo from Indonesia listening in. Uh, Jen Delari's with us as ever, waving. Mm. Uh, uh, We've got uh, Javed Iqbal from Pakistan as well. Uh, Kimmy is telling us that she hates fishing, um, but maybe she could like growing vegetables. You know? Yeah, you know, there's there's two one, alternatives. One, that's that's good in this case. You don't have the yeah, exactly. temptation to cut work. Yeah, do you? But do you like judicial reform? That's mm. the question. Uh, we also have uh, there's someone from Shiraz. Where is Shiraz again? Iran. Shiraz Iran? Garden. Yeah, Shiraz Garden. Javaid uh, Iqbal. Oh, that's Javaid yes. Iqbal. Oh, so he's and he's then, still in Pakistan. Okay. Uh, and then we have some. Uh, what I believe is Hindi uh, that I cannot read, but I'll assume that that's from India. Uh, And yeah, and then Dabashi's Kopi is also saying hello as well. So yeah, all the listeners. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) So up next, we're going to tell you about a supposedly extinct animal uh, from here in Taiwan that one man really believes may still actually be out there somewhere in the wild. Yeah, well, after reading this report, I think what got this reporter, I think he's a contributing reporter for Taipei Times, one of the like three English newspapers mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Um, I think um, he was just recounting how he went about looking for this supposedly extinct, you know, um, Formosan clouded leopard. But that's only after he heard that you know, actually, well, maybe I should give a little bit of background. Mm. Actually, for many, many years, um, people have been looking for this animal, um, which is considered extinct. And for many years, they've even, like, um, you know, put up cameras and everything, and they've never really caught anything mm. except, like, ghost shadows or things like that they think maybe it was, but there was no <laughs> wow. proof. It was very okay. fast moving. Yeah. Right. You know, there's no proof. And But then the only reason why this report decided to go for another try is because he heard that the Jeep, Ziben uh, River area um, hadn't been surveyed in 25 years and he thought that maybe he would give it a try. This mm. is in Taitong. Taitong. Um, yeah. Oh. Um, so eastern very, Taiwan. Uh, forested, so, uh, right. uh, well-preserved environmentally speaking area where you, you might expect yeah, to find something like generally that. Generally speaking, yeah. the east coast is sort of more, more tree covered. and Right. So on. Because uh, one of the conservationists, um, he said, he told this reporter, uh, by the way, his name is Gregory McCann, that uh, a few years back that they found um, otters in this same area. Well, otters are not extinct. No, but I, I guess they were having a hard time finding otters or but two. You know so what you're saying, John? It. Where there are otters, otters, there I are mean, snow mountain leopards. I, I'm, I, I, I see, I see. I've learned <laughs> okay. something yeah. important here. Right. So he headed to Ziben just last month, and he hadn't visited since January 2009. And in fact, the area was pretty much damaged um, from Typhoon Morocot from, gosh, what you would have It was been? a long time ago. A long time so ago, many years been ago. Time to Cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, there were sections of the canyon that's been destroyed, collapsing entire mountains and hotels as well. So they didn't know what to expect. But um, they, he had an old friend who uh, went down to Zibin back in 2003, was already there. And he, this old friend of him, was already there on a five-day solo river tracing up the canyon. So he was hoping to link up with him. Okay. Mm. Um, so he fe- spent his first day getting as far up the river as he could, the Zibin River. And uh, with, uh, you know, just keeping an eye out for possible camera stations that have already been set up for, you know, all these past years. Yeah. Mm. And he brought two camera chaps with him and he started setting up. He decided to only bring just two because he didn't 
get like official permission. Oh. So, you know, anyway, so oh, anyway. Publish an article. Yeah. You know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just tell everyone about <laughs> let's it. Let's just tell everyone. <laughs> oh, the yeah. judges are all taking off anyway. We're all getting <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all busy yeah, fishing. Yeah, I know, he, doesn't, he didn't get this. <laughs> um, so the, he said the gorge is now actually more walkable than before. Okay. But then there's this warped rock canyon in the way and, you know, and things have turned into like rocky beaches. So he managed his way around, but... Uh, any sign of any clouded leopards? No. So they were elusive yeah, as ever. after all this, you know, he wrote a really long report about all these other things that he saw. Because at one point, he was trying to angle at a camera, and he slipped and fell and tumbled 20 feet down. And at the bottom, he rode through underbush. He's like getting so dramatic about this and came upon a zero skull. A, a zero is a type is of a, like a deer, deer. like animal. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's still not a clouded <laughs> leopard. Not, not definitely not. Like, but, you know. Maybe the leopard ate it. Maybe. <gasps> Who knows? But yeah, and um, and then he, you know, eventually got the cam camera set up, and and then came upon. This is where he thought he got some ghost shots, but he couldn't be sure. Um, so then he, I mean, in the meantime, he found a Don't whole lot of other like these, these animals um, and birds and fish and everything, but no clouded no, no. leopard. Aren't these cameras like connected to the internet? Like. Mm. Potential leopard cam. Surely, yeah. Maybe we can monitor them. I mean, because, yeah, because, I mean, are people just not checking them? Or yeah. do you have to, like, manually have someone or, like, have but someone physically if... present to check the roll of film? Like, well, what are they using to capture these? Yeah. But the thing is, though, I mean, anything can happen to these cameras, right? They mm. could be knocked down with, with um, rain and everything, you know. Landslides, swept earthquakes, away. Yeah. typhoons. Things like There's that. There's lots of things so that can knock things anything over Anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, if the internet is not stable, you can't really climb all the way up back up yeah. there and try to fix Still, it or something. I, I, there needs to be, there's got to be an efficient way to do this without having people tumble down 20 feet and risking their <laughs> neck. Or... So when did these snow leopards disappear? When was the last one Okay, seen? so basically this, the previous survey ran from 1997 mm. to 2012. Right. But then they used like a, over a thousand camera traps. Oh my goodness. Mm. But not a single cat turned up, and so it was declared extinct in 2013. So they so, tried tuna. But they didn't find cats anything. that my yeah. mom has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's you know the that, trick. You should, you should, you should, that does it. I don't think they eat tuna. So. Um, and but, I've seen a stuffed one. There's a taxidermy oh, really? There's a taxidermy one at the National Taiwan Museum. Oh, what, in, in the in yeah. Tutuit Memorial Park? With, yeah, with creepy uh, glass eyes. Mm. It's, it is a pretty. So the pelt's pretty. Was it was it hunted to extinction, or was it did it just kind of die from environmental yeah, degradation? Oh, um, I mean, cause it, you'd you'd feel like there's still actually quite a lot of you know untouched you know nature, particularly on the eastern side and central side and of the Taiwan. Mountains. Yeah, the yeah, central yeah. mountains are too rugged for anything mm. much yeah. to go on there. I mean, you think there's a lot of space, but. I guess maybe because there's fewer deer around, there's fewer sort of stuff for the, the those lions to, to hunt, leopards to hunt. I don't know. I mean, I still think tuna is the oh. way to get them out of hiding. <laughs> well, maybe that they don't like tuna you know, if they're kind of mountain. Or one of leopards. those like cat things. Yeah, like, <laughs> just like a piece of yeah, like John, a kind of it's, it's not a laser a cat. pointer. A, a laser ball. pointer. It's not a cat. It's a leopard, John. It's a leopard. <laughs> They're related. <laughs> Definitely related. <laughs> Anyone else writing in? Yeah, so we have lots, a lot more from Pakistan. Actually, we have uh, from the Alawan Listeners Club, Radio Listeners Club of Pakistan, Sheikhapura, and Debashir Kopi is wishing us uh, good wishes on the Lantern Festival. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's what um, day is that actually? I, can't I think remember. that was yesterday, I believe. No, I think. 
No, it's today. Sorry, today, today. the twenty sixth. Yeah. Oh, it's today on the twenty sixth. Yeah. I, for, sorry, I, I didn't realize that. We're yeah. supposed to have these tangyuan. Yeah, these very tasty. Chewy, if we had them in the office yesterday. We had, them, we had them in the office yeah. yesterday. Yeah. I imagine Can't that it was complain. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, it Did felt like some? it yesterday. No, they were good. They were good. Buy them at a convenience store. They're always good, but those. Yeah, but new flavors. The matcha. I mean, I went for the old flavors. Yeah, I can't beat them. No, I mean, as we say, just the classic. I'm not exactly. They're actually not bad. The matcha one, and then there was this. Salty egg yolk one. Yeah, I'm which not, was, it sounds weird, kind but of a... actually it was pretty. It's okay. It was, Nas- always, it was all right. By the way, Nasir Aziz is asking: <laughs> Is there any big park in Taiwan for filming of wild animals? We've got, uh, I think, nine national. Yeah, nine yes. national parks. So big, big parks. Though you can't go to all of them. Some of them are not open to the public. Mm. Or one right. of them isn't. Yeah, the one in and the I wonder Dongsha if they're open Island. to filming. You have to get a permit, probably. Maybe, well, yeah. They're not going to get on your case for having your iPhone out at Yangmingshan, yeah. not down the road from us. Yeah, Oh, I mean, exactly. if it's just for personal use, yeah. Yeah, possibly. But so, but yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, we have lots Plen- of national parks. And in addition, many forest recreation areas. Mm. Well, I don't know how many of those there are. There are much more, Mm-mm-mm. many more than 10. Yeah, and Kimmy says she wants to eat Tang Yuan too. <laughs> don't if we you, all? If we... you're in Taiwan, they sell them at convenience stores. So. John is yeah. not impressed all around. By, by Tang Yuan. Don't they? They're, yeah, they're good, but like, they're not that hard to get your hands on. If you're here in Taiwan, they're not that if hard to... If you're here in Taiwan. All right. Well, somebody please just listen to the education ministry already. They've been saying for at least several months now that their policy is that when the weather gets cold, or really any time that students feel cold, they are allowed to wear warm clothing in class. That could mean like coats, sweaters, Mm. jackets, Mm -mm -mm. the like. And yet, a new investigative report has found that schools still are not listening. 72.5% of senior high schools and 95.6% of middle schools punish students for bundling up, for wearing unapproved winter clothes in class. And as we've just said, that is against education ministry guidelines. Um, And... You know, they have a lot of reports here. This is a... Wow, they got a lot of them. 2,856 student reports about dress code enforcement at a total of uh, over 400 high school and and vocational high schools. This is a big report. I mean, you know, like, this is a big sample size. We don't have one. Yeah, we're small area-wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit to, to like, to to gather complaints from that many people. That's a serious undertaking. Well, I mean, I think that uh, because earlier, like in January, there was a very serious cold snap. Mm -hmm. I mean... I mean, serious in the sense that our buildings are not built insulated. Yeah, that's right. And so it, and so it's not cold. like in like Canada or somewhere where they're used, where they're built yeah. and ready for that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the cold seeps indoors, and yeah, it's just not, not a fun time. No. Um, and the reason why is because it doesn't happen that often. It's not like maybe once a year for a few days. Mm. It gets maybe below 12 degrees Celsius. Yeah. It's, in it's, the single digit. It's all relative. I mean, it did snow in some parts of Taiwan in, on, in on mountains. mountains and stuff, which people were very excited to see. Right. So that does happen. But anyway, yeah. it's cold enough that it's... Um, and it's also clammy. Mm. The other thing about Taiwan's winters is that they're damp usually. And so... Well, it's always damp. 
and yeah, so we're, we're a humid place yeah. so it tends you feel it a lot more yeah and we don't you know have central say, heating you know how people say oh it's a dry heat when they talk about like the desert mm-hmm. it's here it's, it's a cold it's, it's a wet cold wet. it's a wet cold so you feel it much more seriously <laughs> um and so yeah it's chilly and uh schools that kids just want to be warm in their class uh and uh, yeah, so Jen, not listening Jen Delari saying wow if you're cold you're likely not uh, not to be paying attention to the lesson. You think being right. warm is something teachers would want their students to be. Well, and mm. as we've said, it's allowed. Um, it says the most common complaints were punishing students for wearing the hoods on their sort of hooded sweaters, having scarves on, huh. or beanies. That seems fairly inoffensive. And uh, Or fail- <laughs> the winter clothes were would have been okay, but they weren't in the approved school colors. Right. Oh. So if your school colors are blue and white and you've got a wet red sweater on you're out of luck See, I, I think scarves should be okay because as far as i can think of like not many schools have like mandated uniform for your neck do you know what i mean yeah. like i can understand if you're like covering you know maybe you're covering and a hat well, as well right you know you're still not covering any of the uniform and some schools have school even been hat. accused of confiscating these clothes really yeah. wow well, that's the just, most that's disturbing rude. report of all though um was uh, uh, and this was actually a dem- they had gave the results of this report at the legislature. There were lawmakers present. Wow! One DPP lawmaker in particular slammed Yunnan County's Yunming Junior High School because they required female students to wear plain underwear. And what this lawmaker's point was was why do school officials know what color students' underwear is? Yeah, how can what? they? Is this? Is, they is, should be thinking about why people can see through their school uniforms. And, like, so apparently it's about inner and outerwear <laughs> during right, the winter months. Right, This is, this is really going um, haywire. This, um, yeah, and this lawmaker uh, said that, uh, you know, it's, uh, th- that when schools tell students, I think this is a bit overblown, but when schools tell students that it's not cold enough, the temperature is not low enough to wear, because mm. some will allow it, but they say the thermometer has to be below yeah, a yeah, yeah, certain temperature before yeah. you can put on anything like extra. 10 degrees oh. They said the lawmaker who criticized the underwear thing said that when schools do this, they are putting what they call vestigial authoritarianism on display, which I think is a little bit over the top. That sounds like a kind of, totally. yeah, like a bit of a, hmm. a bar, but... Um, so... Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, and they are pretty openly dismissive in some cases of the minister and the ministry. Uh, one uh, official in charge of keeping order at a, at Shinju's Industrial Senior High School told a student who complained and said the ministry says the education ministry says it's fine to go take a class at the ministry then. Go take your classes wow. at the ministry then. But I have to say here, that, like, as a teacher, it probably is quite chastening to have your school's name read out in, like, kind of in the legislature. It's like, imagine if, like, yeah. someone in, like, the House of Representatives in the U.S. Yeah, was like, like, God, you know, this Los Angeles, <laughs> this county high school. I don't know. The uniform. That teacher is a real, you know. I don't, well, they didn't mention teachers by name, but just the incidents that the students reported in the school, yeah. what school they took place at. So. It seems like it's been made into a whole, like, major incident here. Well, it's like the a, thing is... We, I made a video about this like a couple months ago. Yeah, now. it's been a while. They've been telling people, and you did a story about mm. it too yeah, later. Yeah, 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 so yeah. there have been repeated clarifications from the ministry that this is allowed. Yeah. You yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. anything about it yeah. legally. Yeah. And schools being like, oh, well, make us. Yeah. I mean, so I think maybe it's time for them to get a bit more heavy handed about yeah, I mean, random I inspections. You don't really have like um, uniform in the US, right? Um, really I a... did. I went to mm. Catholic school. Oh, oh. really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. Oh. A nightmare. Yeah. But, uh, we don't have, we have it from kind of normally to the age of 16 or so. And uh, sometimes yeah. not after that. But then, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I can understand it, but like, 
I can understand why you have it, but also uh, if people are actually genuinely really cold and you don't have central heating in your in your building, yeah, they don't, yeah, like, and they yeah. never do, yeah, or any heating at all. Mm, I think no. the government is planning on getting heated there places. wouldn't uh, be yeah. there's not much use for it because the cold period of the year while it can be feel pretty intense to yeah. us is rather short it is well. very short i mean it's, so, it's i mean of, it's already yeah. like spring like again yeah and I know. we're at the end of february yeah. so and i don't think it's going to go back down yeah this year no until yeah. mm. next year i mean that's winter. the thing about particularly in the north of taiwan you can get these huge temperature swings so yeah, like it's in been, a day yeah it's gone from it's, it can it can drop sort of 15 10 15 degrees in a so, day so um yeah uh, i think that the ministry maybe needs to take a firm Hand. Well, we have a we I have think, a word yeah. here from a. Do you want to go? You want to read that? Okay, I think it's Wang Yiting, right? Um, mm. I think she might be a teacher from Taiwan. She says, "I'm a high school teacher. Honestly, the punishment is way too harsh. The Ministry of Education has taken away much of teachers' discipline disciplinary rights." Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, they they really uh, need to maybe step in there if they're going to have a policy and people are going to ignore it. That's no way for a ministry to you know. If it's unenforceable, then yeah. why have a ministry? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Stash Butler. If you're joining us on the air, don't go anywhere just yet, because up next is more of Shirley with Jukebox Republic. One, two, one, two, three, four. You've just tuned into Jubas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. Today I'm going to talk about running a BNB. And that is, if I were to run a B&B, what would I definitely have in the rooms and what facilities would I definitely provide? I had this thought when I started staying at many nice and maybe not so nice B&Bs around Taiwan in the last couple of years or so. First of all, I like the sea and the mountains, so it would have to be near the sea or the mountains. I can never get tired of watching the waves and looking into the distance to the horizon. And as to, you know, the mountains, I love the serenity you get being in the mountains. And green is so good for your eyes. Also, you get to hear the birds chirping and all kinds of noises that you hear in nature. I probably would just combine all the good from the different B&Bs I've stayed in before. So that's my episode today. What would my B&B look like? The first thing is, it's got to be shufu, comfortable, by Shu Huilun. Thank you. 
That was Su Huilun with the song "Shufu Comfortable." You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and today I'm going to talk about my dream B and B. So, first of all, I would like a two-story house, but then I realized I have to have three-story house because in Taiwan, I don't know about B and Bs in other countries, but usually I run by a whole family, and so the first floor is going to be where I live with my family. So I cannot have other guest rooms. On the first floor, so I guess I would have to have a three-story、um, house to do this. Oh, that's climbing a lot of stairs. Anyway,、um, I think I would offer five rooms.、Um, I know that's not very—that's not a lot of rooms, but five guests. I think that's good enough, good size, the least you can have. Because I know I can't settle with the number four. It's not auspicious in Taiwan with the number four because it sounds like the same word for death. Anyway, so、um, it's definitely going to look like a real house. House. I don't like looking like a castle, a palace. Even though recently I stayed in one that's like looking like a palace. It's a villa. I love the inside, and the outside is great too. But it's just that it won't be the kind of B and B I want.、Um, so I've seen so many of these really nice houses in Yilan. Yilan is just like an hour's drive away from Taipei. It's so convenient. There are some really, really nice B and Bs that have stayed there, and they're just wonderful.、Um, I think I would like furnitures to be as simple as possible, like IKEA kind of furniture. You know,、um, I don't like real heavy wood. You know, furnitures that's so old style. You know, it's more like. My parents' generation—they like that. I don't. I don't. I don't like heavy upholstery kind of furniture either. So it's got to be simple furniture, like you know, you get from IKEA kind of. But they still should be light kind of upholstery because that would be more comfortable for people to sit in, right? Anyway, and then I want big windows. You know, maybe like from the ceiling to the floor. You know, big windows that would really just look out to the sea or the mountains. Okay, it's so important. Yeah.、Um, Oh, you know, I don't know if you heard me talking about、uh, actually interviewing a minimalist the other day、uh, on my other show called In the Spotlight.、Um, I'm hoping to head towards becoming a minimalist, but then I can't have guests come to my, you know, bed and breakfast and find it it's too simple. Like, I, I know there's nothing on the walls. In fact, I'm not good with walls. I'm not good with what to put on walls. That would be something I have to study up on. It can't be too simple, otherwise guests don't see a reason to stay at my bed and breakfast. You know, it's got to be a theme or something special, something that makes people want to keep on coming back. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna have to look for a decorator.、Uh, you know, seek advice from a decorator. Okay, so I'm just blabbering here, but、um, I have no clue about decorations or designs actually. But、uh, it's more the facilities inside the rooms I care about. 
And let me get to that after the song. So another song, um, you know, like I said, I love the sea or uh, the mountains. Here's a song called Kanhai, Watching the Sea by Zhou Huiming.
If I'm rich enough, I'm gonna make sure that every room has a bidet. I think when people stay at B&Bs or hotels, at least I would care about the bed, the comforter that's being used, and the bathroom. You know, then bathrooms gotta be nice. And these are two very important things: the bed and the bathroom. I wish I'd taken photos of the most recent um, bed and breakfast I stayed at. Actually, it's called a villa, and um, and I thought the rooms were like hotel class kind of rooms, and the bathrooms too. They're very clean, very brightly lit bathrooms with a tub and a shower area. The toilet wasn't a bidet, but that you know it wasn't too bad. And hair dryer is a must. And then disposable toothbrush, shower caps, and, and, and towels, of course, towels. These are necessary amenities, I think, because sometimes I've stayed at like cheaper kind of um, bed and breakfast places and don't even come with towels. You, they even tell you to bring your own towel. So no, I guess those are more like hostels or like, you know, the YMCA, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Or some places, they do have towels, but they're those that are like really cheap, very thin kind of towels. And it's only one size, like a small, not a big towel for, you know, like drying your whole body. But it's like a small towel, you know, that kind of goes around your head if you wash your hair or something like that. Now, I, I, I want to make sure that there are big towels and small towels, you know, like facial towels. That's, uh, yeah, that's very important. But then again... You know, it's probably not good to have like these disposable stuff like toothbrush and shower caps because, you know, they're not environmentally friendly. Oh, well, I'll think about something. But I just think that, you know, I want people to, well, yeah, I think it should all, toiletries, if you offer toiletries, it should be like a full set, you know, toothbrush and then, well, I don't I'm not sure about a brush, maybe. And then, um, you know, these uh, Q-tips and floss. I don't know. Um, soaps, of course. Yeah. Oh, well. And uh, then I will have wooden floors, not carpets, because it's humid in Taiwan. I don't think it's good to have carpets. I will have big windows that go from ceiling to floor, like I said before, with light-colored, light-fabric curtains, okay? Not heavy kind of curtains. Like all the hotels, I will use white sheets, white bed sheets, white comforters, white pillows. It's usually not a given at Taiwan's bed and breakfast places, especially if it's some very local kind of houses run by very local families. And of course, they're cheaper too. They don't necessarily give like white comforters, you know, with bed sheet, white bed sheets, not looking like a hotel room. So, but I want to make sure that people who stay at my B&B would feel like they're staying at a five-star hotel kind of amenities, but then not as fancy and expensive as a real five-star hotel room. That's how the villa made me feel. I mean, it wasn't just the rooms themselves that made me feel that, but the lobby all the way up to, up through the, you know, the walking up the beautiful wooden stairs to the second floor rest area with a sofa and, you know, nice sofa and coffee table and the hallway all made me feel like I was like checking into a five-star hotel. And I want to give that kind of feeling. I guess I want my, you know, bed and breakfast to feel like a five-star hotel without having a five-star hotel look on the outside or five-star hotel price. The only next thing I care is the food I'd offer and the communal area. And I'll get to that after this song. Like I said, I love to see and I love the mountains. How about uh, a song about the mountains? Here's Wang San 
百比例。So this villa that I stayed at, it had this communal area on the first floor where food is being offered, like meals are being offered. But there's also like an area right by the big windows, so the chairs are facing the window and can look out. Um, and um, uh, the communal area has like these. Well, it was wine-colored chairs and booths and dim lights.、Um, 
that wouldn't go with the IKEA style I have in mind. But then I want to make sure that I do have light upholstery kind of chairs and armchairs that would be more comfortable for guests to you know sit in and stay as long as they want. I'm going to make sure that I provide magazines because I personally love reading magazines, especially fashion magazines. To me, it's the best kind of quiet passing time with some nice jazz music in the background. So I'll be offering jazz music. Now, I will offer afternoon tea, though I'll make sure I find someone who can who's good at that. I'm not going to be one making it. But then I want to make sure there's chocolate because I love chocolate, just about chocolate, anything. Um, dark chocolate. So dark chocolate um, mousse kind of cake. That's the way I like it. Or maybe fudge. And then there's got to be fruit and savory kind of snacks too because there needs to be a balance. And personally, I prefer savory snacks. One thing I forgot to say is that I want to make sure there are lots of lots of windows. I want all the rooms to have windows. I want the, you know, the first floor to have these big windows looking out. Um, I don't know. Just to let the sun in, you know. And as for food, I would only offer breakfast as I think most B&Bs do. Um, the villa that I stayed at offered a choice of Western or Chinese-style breakfast. The Western style was fine, but the Chinese style was disappointing. It was simple white porridge with a little side dish of pickles and a bit of pork floss, which is like sweetened pork meat ground down to flakes. And it just didn't look too appetizing, and the portion was small. So I think I would only offer Western-style breakfast because that's the only thing I'm good at. I can't forget the breakfast I had at a B&B in Hualien on that seven-day trip that um on a you know that trip that i made which was uh, a three-day trip turned into a seven-day trip like around the island of taiwan anyway i remember staying at the hualien b&b there and um the breakfast was just a balanced meal of you know eggs bread vegetables yeah there were vegetables or maybe salad uh, but no i think she had vegetables and then there was fruit tea or coffee and juice now, I'm going to make sure that juice is freshly squeezed juice. That's the way I'm going to make it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Jukebox Republic, talking about my dream bed and breakfast. And here's a song to end today's show. And that is another song called Sufu Comfortable by Chen Shi'an. <laughs> Show, 想让人笑说才不忘辛苦。
着我牵着走走，一夫二妻两人共有。刚刚我不小心迟到几分钟，脚步放慢，多快活。Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 6185 kilohertz. In South Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kilohertz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw. 